Blessed Assurance and welcome to Kingdom Christian Fellowship, KCF. We reveal the reality of the Kingdom of God and Christ Jesus in the lives of people all over the world. As you listen to this message, we pray that you are blessed and inspired to improve your relevance in the Kingdom of God. Where you can't trust a, a, you can't trust a man of God. This is sometimes a man of God tell to look at him. Better look down, so better look sideways. But Charlie, the word is quite scary now. I saw some man of God, in fact, somebody told me that a man of God wrote on his a, a Facebook profile, a Facebook wall, that uh, next year, Grace would, Father, and, and Grace would, that I will not invite thieves onto my altar. That was the man of God wrote on his wall. Because now, uh, 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 ministry is some way. But we thank God for men of integrity. We thank, Thank God for people who are people who are full of the spirit of God and say the word as it is without fear or prejudice. Uh, I want to invite. We have we are blessed to have a, a Reverend Andrew to share the word of God for, to us today. As I said, we all know him. He's a great apostle of God. He's a seasoned man of God, a man of the spirit, a man of the word. Okay. Whatever he tells us to do, please, I want us to open ourselves up. Let our hearts be open to receive the word that God has put upon his lips. Because I believe that what he's carrying the word of God for tonight, okay? So please, if, if, you are, if you are just here to listen, please, I beg you, get your notebook. Don't just be lying in your bed and be listening to it as you are talking to your girlfriend or listening to your girlfriend. Listen to the word of God. Get your notebook. If you have to respond, we have a comment session. Make sure that you are commenting there. Comment there. Listen, write news there. Put the, you to put something down that was action point that you do those actions even when you are done. Okay, I try, I I believe in this man of God so much. I believe in him. I believe in his. I believe in his ministry. I believe in his ministry. There are certain people that I can testify of them. I believe in his ministry. So please, open yourself up. If you, if you don't share the link to your friends, please share to them. Even if you are not part of the case, you share to them. But please come come listen to a word that will be able to impact and change your life. Share to them and let them also receive this mighty man of God. Okay, man of God, please, the floor is yours. You are welcome. Please uh, 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 give him a, a, a round of applause. Give him a round of applause. Man of God, please, you are, you are, you are welcome. The, the floor. Amen. <laughs> we thank God for tonight. Um, it's a privilege. And it's an honor to join you guys once again for your um, vacation. Can you hear me? Yes, Hello. Yes, yes, we can hear you. Okay. All right. Yes, I was saying it's a privilege and it's an honor to join you once again for your uh, vacation meetings. And it's always a blessing. And I thank um, Apostle and your pastor, Ingram Roland, for this opportunity. Um, let's pray and then let's move straight into the word. I want to stay close to the time. It's already 8.13. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to even listen to your word. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you give me the tongue of the learner that I may speak a word to the one who is weary even in this season. Give me the soul of a winged child that I'll be sensitive to your spirit, that I'll speak, O oh God, that Father, each and every one of us will be blessed. Father, have your will and have your way. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Amen. All right. So I believe the theme for this week's meeting is how to receive the word of God or how to receive God's word. And so I'll be speaking closely um, along the lines of the theme. And so the title of my message this evening, it's a very short message, is receiving God's word, receiving God's word. Now, I just want to paint a little analogy before we move straight into the word of God. We're going to read from the book of Proverbs chapter 4, from verse 20 to 22. Proverbs chapter 4, from verse 20 to 22. Okay, now my analogy is simple. Assuming I paint or tell a story of a, of a certain dish or a certain dessert that you like, maybe a pink berry ice cream with all the wonderful toppings that you can think of. And I'm maybe having a conversation with, say, Erica. And I come and I say, oh, Erica, you know, I had the best pink berry ice cream with all the wonderful toppings that you could think of. Now, the best Erica can do is to visualize what I'm telling her. But the taste will only be in my mouth, even though she can try very hard to try and visualize what I'm talking about. Maybe the following conversation is that when I'm having um, the ice cream, I bring a picture of it and I show it to Erica. Erica can 
better visualize again what I'm saying to her and the experience that I've had, but she still wouldn't have the taste of it. Now, the third scenario could be that I can bring the pinkberry ice cream from wherever it is that I buy it, and I bring it to Erica, and I can be telling her about the experience, but I don't offer her the opportunity to taste it. Erica can still now visualize even better what I'm saying, but she will still not taste of the goodness of it, and she'll not be able to agree with whatever taste that I'm um, suggesting I'm experiencing from whatever it is I'm eating. Now, the fourth scenario being that I bring the ice cream, and as I am eating, I offer Erica some of the ice cream or some of the things that I say, well, Erica, taste and see. Now, when Erica begins to eat, whatever it is I'm saying, she can now agree or disagree with me because we are on the same wavelength. In essence, that is all I believe this topic is about. The Bible said in the book of Psalm 34, verse 8, it said, taste and see that the Lord is good. God is bringing each and every one of us, or God desires to bring each and every one of us to a place where we come into the experience of the word of God, where we come into the experience of the word of God. So you realize that time after time, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, Friday after Friday, all we are seeking to do is to bring everybody into the experience of the word of God, the experience of the word of God. When I say experience, I'm talking about you participating in a thing. Okay, you participating, you engaging in a particular thing or activity. Activity. Okay, so that's what we want to look at tonight. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4, from verse 20 to 22, the Bible says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sins. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Verse 22 says, For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Let me read the same scripture, Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. Let me read it from the Passion Translation. The Bible says that, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. 21 says, fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Okay, now a little context of this scripture is David speaking to Solomon. Okay, David is going to tell Solomon here some of the things that made him a great king, some of the things that made him a man after God's own heart. Okay, and so in as much as we see it as a father and son having a conversation, we can also see it as God or Christ and us having a conversation. And Christ or God is telling us the things that make for receiving the full advantage of his word or the things that give us the utmost advantage or experience of his word. And so as we go through it, I'll pick out at least four key things that I believe are crucial um, um, for us being able to receive the word of God or experience the word of God. Okay. Now, you can have the word of God and you can be ignorant about how to receive it. You can have a Bible like most of us have in our day and in our time. You know, in our dispensation, we are so blessed. You can have access to at least 20 or more translations on your phone and counting. And still, people can have this Bible or have their Bibles with them and they will be ignorant about how to receive from the Word of God. Now, when the doctor gives a person medicine, the directions for taking it are on the bottle. Not so. Now, in the same way, God's Word is like medicine. God's word, it's like medicine. And the directions for taking them are in his word. That's the mystery about the word of God. The, 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 the directions or the steps for taking the word of God as medicine or receiving the word of God, they are in the word of God. And as such, we need to study the same word of God to be able to find out how to receive from the word of God. The word of God is such a wonderful book, but that is how God has made it. Now, the doctor doesn't promise any benefit from the medicine. He's recommending, unless you take it. For example, you go to the hospital. So, doctor, it feels like I have malaria. Then maybe the doctor says, go and run some labs. Go and run some labs. And it's confirmed that maybe you have some malaria and, and parasites in you. Then he says, okay, take this malaria medication. Now, the fact that the doctor has handed you the malaria medication doesn't mean that the malaria has been treated. It behoves on you to now take the medication, go to your house, and then begin to actually unpack the medication and then take it. Okay, now the moment you now ingest and digest the medication, then it begins to work against the malaria parasites in you. 
So there's a, there's a difference. Somebody can go to the doctor, receive the medication, and not take the medication and say, oh, I went to the doctor, but I'm still not feeling well. Somebody can also go to the doctor, receive the medication, take in the medication, and then they'll begin to be healed by that same medication. And that is the scenario, again, that I want to paint about receiving the word of God or experiencing the word of God. So we have a responsibility to play. I believe from the two examples that I've given, it is very clear that we have a responsibility to play. God is not going to just take his word, open up our minds or our brains or our hearts and just dump the word of God there. There's no shortcut. We have a responsibility to play. Okay. Now, like I said earlier, there are four instructions I can pull out um, from the book of Proverbs, um, in the book of Proverbs chapter four, for receiving God's word. Okay. There are four instructions that I want to pull out in this short time um, on how we can receive God's word. Okay. Now, the first instruction or the first way we are going to be able to receive the word of God is by the verse 20. He said, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you. Or other versions say, pay attention to my words. Pay attention to my words. Pay attention to my words. Okay. Now, when God is speaking to us, one thing you must realize or one thing you must recognize is that he requires our undivided attention. Whenever God is speaking to us, whenever God's word is coming to us, God requires our undivided attention. I mean, I'm sure some of you here are in relationships. And whenever you are engaging your partner or your boyfriend or girlfriend, so to speak, one of the things I believe most people are always looking for is attention, especially the ladies. Okay, like for example, this evening I was coming home with my wife. She was telling me certain things as I was driving, when it got to a certain point, I believe that she realized I wasn't paying attention to what she was saying. So she just stopped talking. Then I realized that there was some silence in the car. Then I said, ah, you were saying something. Take no, you were not paying attention. That's why I said, it's true. I was thinking about something else. Now, in the same manner, God, whenever he's having a conversation with us, he also requires our attention. Unfortunately for us, we find ourselves in a generation or in a place where we are suffering from what I call divided attention we are suffering from what looks like everything is fighting for our attention everything is fighting for um um our our, our ears or our hearts okay so in our day this this um, um disease as, as if you want to call it is fighting or pulling us in many directions so you realize that maybe sometimes you are maybe in a lobby somewhere to wait for somebody then as you are waiting for the person you realize that they are playing some music in the background. The purpose of the music is to subconsciously work on you so that you become even as you are waiting for the person. All of these things are tactics just to just divide your attention. So rather than maybe get you frustrated or worried because maybe the person you are waiting for is not coming, it will just be sweeping you or pulling your attention in a different manner. And this is the way our world in which we find ourselves functions. But unfortunately, God is telling us that that is not going to be of any help to us. If we want to receive from God, one of the first things we must always do is to pay attention to the word of God, to pay attention to the saints of God. Okay. Now, when we go throughout the Bible, you realize that the primary key to receive God's word is hearing. When you come through the scriptures, when you look at some of the saints of Christ, when you look at even some of the things that the prophet Isaiah and Co. said, you realize that one primary thing they stressed on was hearing. Okay, it's what we listen to and how we listen that are essential. Okay, so in the book of Mark chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus Christ said, Then he said to them, Be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you hear. Jesus Christ said to them, He said, Then he said, Be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything that you hear. For as you do, more understanding will be given to you. So Jesus Christ is saying that our diligence to hearing. Is effective to the to, to, to our understanding. Then when we come to the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse number 18, again he said, So pay careful attention to your heart as you listen to my teaching. As you listen to my teaching. So Jesus Christ, in all his glory, Jesus Christ in all his power, he made us understand or he made us aware that our ability to hear, our ability to listen to what he's saying is very critical. Other versions say, take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, 
it shall be measured unto you, and, and, and unto you that hear, more shall be given. Then in Luke 8, 18, again, he said that, take heed therefore how you hear. How you hear. So Jesus Christ is very critical, or Jesus Christ is very careful to tell us that whenever it comes to the word of God, we must give it our utmost attention. We must give it our utmost attention. We cannot come into the presence of God, or we cannot have our personal quiet time, or even times of study, and be divided in our attention. You know, sometimes for some of us, we say, oh, I'm using maybe my phone, or I'm using my iPad, or my Samsung Galaxy Tab, or whatever it is, to study the word of God. I mean, these are great technological tools. The Bible said, I wisdom, I dwell with knowledge, and I find out witty inventions. So, I mean, using some of these technological tools is good. But you see, sometimes, some of these technological tools, if you have not disciplined yourself, it can also be a source of distraction. It can also be a source of distraction. So whenever it comes to the time to receive the word of God, we must pay attention. In other words, we must bring everything that is within us to a central place, which is the hearing of the word of God. The word of God said in the book of Psalm 103, he said, bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. In other words, everything that is concerning your life, you must bring it to the point of blessing the Lord. You must bring it to the point of having that interaction with God. So the number one key to receiving the word of God, the number one key to experiencing the word of God is your ability to pay attention. And for this point on paying attention, my emphasis or the gate that I want to pay attention to is the ear or the hearing gate. How you hear the word of God. How you listen to the word of God. In the book of Exodus 15, verse 26, and, 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 and God told the Israelites, he said, and if you would diligently hacking, hacking is an old thing in, in, in English there, and the word hacking there means if you would diligently hear, similar again to what Jesus Christ said in Mark chapter 4 and, and in Luke chapter 8. He said, if you would diligently hear, then it goes on to say that then your healing will appear, or healing will come unto you. So we even see that from this scripture, your healing is in your hearing. Your healing is in your hearing. So as the word of God is coming, maybe you are sitting there, maybe you have a chronic disease. Maybe you are sitting there, there's a certain area of your life that is broken. It needs repair. As you hear diligently, you realize that healing will begin to take place. And that's the mystery of the supernatural power of the word of God. In the book of Romans chapter 10, verse 17, the Bible said that, the, um, um, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, the way we are going to be able to receive faith that is going to be um, um, used with the word of God is our ability to hear. You know, when it comes to the word of God again, the way you are going to be able to receive the profit from the word is when you mix it with faith. So if you are going to be able to get this faith that we are talking about, this faith comes from hearing. This faith, it comes from hearing. So although listening is not the only key, it is the way faith is built up in us for the word of God to be mixed or for the word of God to be to bring us the profit that we are looking for. The Bible said in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 that for unto us the gospel was preached as well as unto them. He said, but the word that was preached unto them did not profit them because they did not mix it with faith. In other words, they didn't hear well or they didn't pay attention to the word of God. So oftentimes you realize that God will refer to people in the Old Testament and he will say that they were stubborn. You say that they were stiff naked. You say that they, 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 their ears were hard to hear. And all of God, all of these things that God was saying, he was simply just saying that his people were not paying attention. And much like those people, some of us too, in our day, we are not paying attention to the word of God. We do not bring all our focus, all our attention to the word of God. Sometimes we may be in church, the pastor may be preaching, and maybe we are on our WhatsApps. We are sending a WhatsApp to maybe somebody who broke your heart some years ago that you know, Felicia, I'm still not forgiving you. Maybe you are in church, the pastor is preaching, and then maybe you are eyeing some girl somewhere, and you are just daydreaming, and you are making a serious way. So the, so the pastor thinks that you're really paying attention. But all that you are doing is, like I said, you are suffering from what we call divided attention. You are suffering from what we call divided attention. You know, in our world, we like to call some of these things multitasking. But that's not multitasking. That's divided attention. God wants your full attention when it comes to the word of God. God wants your full attention when it comes to his word. You know, Bishop David Oedipo once said something. He said that behind every verse of scripture is the voice of God. 
And that's one thing that has helped me in my studying of the word of God. Whenever I'm reading the word of God, I visualize and I try to hear that it, it's as if God is talking to me. So maybe God will say, take it to what you hear. I'm trying to hear it as if Christ is the one speaking those words to me. Because he said that behind every verse of scripture is the voice of God. And that is what God wants us to do. God wants us to pay attention to his words. God wants us to pay attention to his words. Now, the second point on how we are going to be able to receive the word of God, or the second um, 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 technique that was going to help us when it comes to receiving the word of God, is in um, the same Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. He said that we should incline our ear unto his saints. We should incline our ear unto his saints. You know, whenever you are reading the word of God, take your time and read it. Don't just gloss over. I don't think that will, they are just saying certain things. No, every single word there has a meaning. He said, pay attention to my word. That is one different thing. Then he said, now incline your ear to my saints. Now the action word there is incline your ear. Now the word incline, it means to bend down. Okay, when I say incline your ear or, in, or, or incline something, it means to bend down or bend something. Okay, so God is saying that we should bend our ear. But how do you bend your ear without bending your head? In inclining your ear, you are actually inclining your head. Now, this phrase, inclining your ear and inclining your head, like I'm saying, it for me, I believe that it reveals humility. Okay, it reveals humility or it reveals a certain form of teachability or teacher um, or, or, or being able to receive teachings from God. And you know, that's what, one, one important thing when it comes to God's word. Whenever you look at God's word or whenever you look and you, you have an opportunity to listen to the word of God, you must have a humble heart. You must have a teachable spirit. Okay? The attitude of humility and the attitude of being teachable is very key for you to receive the word of God. You know, when we come before God's word, we must always assume our seat as students. You can't come before God's word and think that, you know, I know this thing. Oh, this thing, I've heard it before. Oh, in fact, my pastor preached this message. So even as an um, apostle and reverend have been preaching this message, they are not even tackling it the way my pastor is preaching it. That's a, 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 a spirit of pride at work. And whenever that spirit of pride is at work, you realize that you can never receive the benefit of the word of God. So when it comes to the word of God, we must be humble. We must be teachable. We must be humble and we must be teachable. We must recognize that God is the teacher or the Holy Spirit for this matter is the teacher. And we are the pupils. We are the students. We are the pupils. We are the students. So humility and being able to be taught is very key when it comes to the word of God. We must put away every form of prejudice. We must put away every form of stiff nakedness. We must put away um, 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 every form of, oh, I know this thing. We must put away every form of philosophy that we think we even know. We must come in all humility. You know, look at something the Bible said in the book of James chapter 1 verse 18. He said that of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. He said, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Then he said, for the wrath of man, um, worketh not the righteousness of God. My emphasis is on 21. He said, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. He said, and receive with meekness. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. In other words, if you are going to be able to receive the word of God, the, 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 the point has been laid down for us. He said you must receive it with meekness. The word meekness is also similar to the word humility or being teachable. When we come to the book of Psalm 25 verse 9, the Bible says, the meek he will guide in judgment and the meek he will teach his way. That means when it comes to God, if you want God to teach you, if you want God to impart something upon your life or into your life, it comes with meekness. You cannot be proud and expect God to teach you. You cannot be proud and experience the results or the experience of the word. So one of the things that we must do when it comes to the word of God is we must incline our ear and our head. We must be humble. We must be teachable. If you've heard the message before, maybe you are sitting in church one Sunday and maybe Reverend Roland is preaching and said that, oh, today I want to talk about John 3.16. You know, behave as if you've never heard John 3.16 before. Don't now come and say, oh, this is a basic scripture. You are teaching us basics. Instead of you to teach us things 
maybe from the book of Psalm 79 about the value of Baca and things, you are coming to talk to us about John 3, 16. Are you serious? No. If you begin to have that disposition, you will never receive the full benefit of the word. You must be humble. You must be teachable. You must be humble and you must be teachable. You know, one of the things we have to lay aside, even still on this point, when it comes to inclining our ear, is naughtiness. You know, whenever we say naughtiness, we think about children. We think only little children can be naughty. Okay? We usually associate naughtiness with um, little children. Now, but what is a naughty child? When I say a child is naughty, what does it mean? One of the marks of a naughty child is that they always like to answer back when they are taught or they are being reproved. When you see a naughty child, when you see a stubborn child, one of the marks of such children is that they like to answer back or they like to re and, 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 and respond when they, when they are being reproved. You know, when you go to the West, for, for, for example, when you're in places like America, places like Canada, the UK, and, and the rest, you can't just tell children things the right way anymore without them talking back to you. You can say, oh, my son, sit down. They say, you can't tell me to sit down. That's a mark of nothingness. But you see, that mark that we think is some form of freedom of speech is actually a mark of nothingness. It's a mark of pride. And you cannot receive God's word with those things in, in, in your life. So one of the things you must also pray under this point of inclining your ear to God's word and to um, 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 inclining your head also to God's word is that, Father, any form of nothingness in my life, let it go for my life. You know, sometimes you may read a scripture in the word of God, then you say, oh, no, this thing is very, is very chauvinistic. God is not looking for my interest as a woman in the word of God. Or maybe you read something, so, you know, this thing, God is really trying to fight for the woman, and, 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 and I don't like it. This thing, I don't agree with it. According to what Karl Marx said, or according to the rules of feminism, this thing is it's not right. No. What you are doing is that you are raising or puffing up a proud spirit. And that spirit will always fight you from receiving or experiencing the full benefit of the word. So the point number two is that we must incline our ear to the word of God. We must be humble. We must be teachable. Whenever you go through the scripture, take your time. See it as you've never received anything from that word. And it will surprise you to know that that same scripture that maybe you've read, maybe even for a week, God will keep on showing you new things out of that same scripture. That same scripture. That you probably read. So this year, I read it on Monday. I read it on Tuesday. There's nothing new. You'll be surprised that God will be able to pull out new things out of that same scripture. And it all comes by having a humble and a teachable spirit. A humble and a teachable spirit. So we must drop every mental barrier. We must drop a um, denominational barrier. You know, sometimes people they, um, and they're reading the word of God. God will say, um, um, as often as you do it, you do it in remembrance of me. So no, you know, I have to be confirmed before I can part, um, um, partake in the communion. That's a denominational mindset. And it, it, it's a proud mindset because you are trying to fight against God's word. It may sound religious. It may sound like, oh, um, um, it is a denomination that said that rule. But I'm telling you that that mindset is denominational. And it is anti-Christ. It is fighting what God is saying concerning how you are to receive from him. So we must have a humble and a teachable spirit. God's word is the final say. It is not about the denomination you belong to or it's, uh, and the Episcopal bishop that you are, it is about the word of God. What the word of God says is final. What the word of God says the is word final. Of God. Now the third point or the third technique on how we are going to be able to receive the word of God or experience the word of God is in, um, in the verse 21. He said, let them not depart from thine eyes. Let them not what? Depart from thine eyes. Now, the word them refers to God's word and to God's sins that we read in the verse, um, in verse 20. He said that the word of God and the sins of God, they should not depart from our eyes. I believe that this, this, this verse is really talking about focus. It's talking about focus. When I say that, don't let something depart from you. I, maybe, I, I, I leave you with a baby that take care of a baby or I leave you with something that say take care of that thing. What, what I'm trying to tell you is that keep your focus on the thing. Don't lose focus on it. Don't lose sight of the thing. Don't let the thing go away from you. Be able to tell me whatever has happened with the thing in my absence or in me leaving you with that thing. So God is saying that whenever I give you my word, don't let my word depart from your eyes. Don't let my word depart from your eyes. And one thing I've realized that focus breeds is um, uh, uh, focus um, breeds is that focus will bring you to the place of meditation. You cannot tell me that you are focusing on the thing and you never get to the point of meditation. The more you fix your eyes on the thing, the more you fix your gaze on the thing, 
you realize that your mind begins to give you questions about the thing. Your mind begins to even answer certain questions about the thing. Sometimes the prophetic grace of God upon your life begins to even function in that place of focus. As you fix your eyes on the thing, God's spirit begins to now communicate with your spirit and certain things are drawn out of that place of focus. So God is saying here that if you want to experience his word, if you want to receive the full benefit of his word, you must not let his words depart from your eyes. One of the marvelous things you know about the human eyes is that we can have two sets of eyes, but by focusing, we can form one image. You know, as human beings, we have two sets of eyes. But when we begin to focus, it's like only one image is formed on your, on, on your eye. It's like only one image, just by the, the, the power of focus, it's like only one image becomes um, um, formed on your eyes. Okay? But if we are going to be able to um, um, focus, like, like, like I'm saying, one thing we must also get to the place of understanding is that when it comes to the things of the spirit, the Bible said that the things um, um, that are not seen, they are eternal. But the things which we see, they are temporal. When it comes to the word of God, with God's word makes us understand it's eternal, is that the word of God is more real than anything. And so if we say, oh, you know, when I read this thing from the Bible, I'm not too sure about it. I can't even put my, 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 my eyes on it, or I can't even put my attention on it. What you're trying to say is that God's word is not, it, 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 it's not real or it's not eternal. But that's not true. You realize that the more you begin to use this power of focus on the word of God, the more you'll be, you'll be able to experience the realities of the word of God. The more you begin to fix your gaze on the word of God, maybe concerning what God is saying, you realize that that thing will begin to prove real in your life. That's why I said that you cannot tell me that you are focusing and you will not be brought to the place of meditation. So Joshua said in the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, he said, do not let this book of the law depart out of thy mouth. He said, but you shall meditate. In other words, as you begin to focus on the thing, you will be brought to the place of meditation where day and night, that thing is consuming you. That thing is, 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 is filling your thoughts. It's filling your mind. It's like a guy who is in love with a lady. As he begins to focus on that lady, you realize that everything that he does, it brings him to the point of thinking about that particular person. That's focus. That's the power of focus. That's the power of focus. In the book of Luke chapter 11, verse 34, the Bible said that the light of the body is your eye. Therefore, when your eye is single, therefore, when your eye is what? Single. He said, then your whole body shall be full of light. You know, light and darkness, you know, they are mutually exclusive. You cannot have light and darkness in the same place. It's not possible. The moment you are in a place that is dark and the light comes on, darkness just disappears. In the same way, when you are in a place and there's light and darkness comes, light has to also be. They are mutually exclusive. So God is saying here that whenever your eye becomes single, all of a sudden, light begins to flood your life. And light here again is the word of God or the revelation power of the word of God. Now, the word single in that verse that we read, Luke chapter 11, verse 34, it also means sincere and simple. That means when the word of God is coming to you in all sincerity, in all simplicity, you must take it as a thing. You know, sometimes when people are reading the word of God, they want to now come and extract some revelation and then, you know, oh, I brought this revelation from the word of God first. I was the first person to bring this thing um, um, out of the word of God. Established 2023 by Andrew. Then you say, oh, I, I was the one who brought him. You hear somebody else say, hey, this revelation is my own. I brought it. No, that's not the focus of the word of God. Revelation must just lead you to a place of deeper conversation with God and with his word. So whenever it comes to the word of God, as we begin to engage the word of God, as we look at the word of God in all simplicity, we take it as it is. The Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. Believe it just as it is. Don't look for any um, exegetical or hermeneutical meaning to it. Take it as it is. You realize that you begin to see the results of the word of God. You begin to see the proof of the word of God. You read, okay, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him should not perish. You say, oh, Father, I believe in you, therefore I will not perish. That's it, simple. You don't now try to look for, oh, what did they say when he was talking about it in this place? What did the um, church theologians say about it? Yes, those things are nice when you are learning about them for the sake of history. But when it comes to the power of the word, they really play very little um, 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 role when, when it comes to the power of the word. So God wants us to let his word not depart from our eyes. We must be fixed on the word. Our eyes must be focused in the word of God. We must receive the word of God in its simple form. You know, one thing about children 
is that they are very sincere. They believe everything anything you say to them. You can tell them that, you know, tomorrow I'll buy you a Boeing 747. It will be in front of your house. They'll believe you. The moment they wake up, ah, daddy, mommy, where's the Boeing 747 that you promised me? As if they don't know that their parents don't have maybe that enough money to buy that, but they believe it with all their heart. And that's how God wants us to come to him when it comes to his word. Come to the word of God with all simplicity. Come to the word of God with all sincerity. Don't read the word of God and don't listen to the word of God and you are looking for, oh, me, I want a deeper meaning than what the pastor is saying. I want a deeper meaning than what even God was saying. You know, I want to go and pull the original text of what God was saying when he gave the word. My brother, my sister, those things do not bring the power of the word of God. It is taking God's word for what it is. You know, on Sunday, when we were in church, Apostle was preaching and he was talking about God speaking to Isaac. When God spoke to Isaac and said, don't go to Egypt, that was the only word God gave Isaac. But Isaac held on to that word. Isaac began to dig wells. People were contending. People were striving with him for the word. But Isaac kept on digging. The Bible said, when you go to Genesis chapter 20, eventually God got Isaac to a place called Beersheba. And all of this came by him taking the word of God as it is. Simple. God didn't come and give him 101 steps to be able to become wealthy. It was just simple obedience and faith in God's word. And it brought him to the place where the Bible said he became exceedingly great. All of this comes when we let the word of God not depart from our eyes. Now, the final point I want to make, and then we'll just spend a few minutes in prayer, is in the verse 22. In, in the verse 20, still the verse 21. He said, we should keep the word of God in the midst of our heart. We should keep the word of God in the midst of our heart. We should keep the word of God in the midst of our heart. Now, if you talk to most teachers, okay, if you talk to most teachers, one of the things they'll tell you that whenever, whenever I come to teaching, okay, you have to engage students or you have to engage your audience by what they see and what they hear. Okay, what they see and what they hear, your eyes and then your um, um, your ears, they are very key when it comes to learning. Okay, so for most teachers, one of the things or some of the things that they like to do is that they like to either pronounce whatever it is that they are saying so that you can hear, then maybe they want to also show whatever it is that they are showing, whatever it is they are teaching to you, maybe on a board or, um, or a computer or any material so that you can also follow them. Okay, now all those things are also key. But one of the ways teachers are able to get people to easily do what they want them to do or bring them to the place where they can understand what they want them to understand is by being practical with their teachings. Being practical with their teachings. I mean, oftentimes, sometimes people joke that maybe when you go to a school like Ashesi University, the teaching experience is very practical. But maybe when you go to a school like um, Reverend Roland School, everything is very theoretical. It's just about what you hear, what you see. That's it. Do you understand? But if we want to look at God also, we realize that God takes the very practical approach when it comes to his word. God is way ahead of even teachers. God has been way ahead of even those in the education space for, for centuries or for even um, 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 billions of years. God knew that if he wants his people to experience his word, then he has to be practical with them. He has to be practical with them. So God talks about the fact that if we want his word to bring us benefit, then his words must be kept in our hearts. So the purpose of hearing the word of God, the, the purpose of seeing um, God's word, even as we read the word of God, is so that the word of God will be in the midst of our heart. Not so that the word of God will be on the periphery of our minds or on the outskirts of who we are, but he wants the word of God to be at the center of who we are. So he said, keep them in the midst or in the middle. The word midst there is also the word middle. He said, keep the word of God in the middle of your heart at the center of your being, at the very core of who you are, at, 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 at the heart of what makes you who you are. He said, keep my word there. The Bible said in the book of Matthew, he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. You know when you go and put money in the bank? Wherever it is the bank is, your heart is already there. Even though you may, you may be maybe in your house, your heart is even in the banking hall already. You know that ah, my money is in safe number 94,377,075. My money is there. Because your heart is there. And God is saying that, our hearts also must now begin to occupy his word. That when, when we read the word of God, when we hear the word of God, we must bring it into our hearts. We must now begin to ensure that the word is safe in our hearts. The word is kept in our hearts. The word is not just passing through one ear and going out, out through the other. Or the word is not just 
on, on our eyes and then we just forget it after some time. The word of God must dwell in the middle or in the midst of our hearts. You know, when you take medicine, eh, there are certain medications, maybe you can apply them on the skin. Some of them also, um, maybe you can put them on certain parts of your body and then that's it. But there are also certain medications that if you want them to really have its full effect, it must enter into your bloodstream. You understand? Maybe it's, um, um, I, I, I mean, I'm not a medical person, but I mean, I know certain medications, you must take them so that it will go into your bloodstream proper so that it, it can begin to work uh, and do the healing work that it must do. And God is saying that much like how that medication, much like how such medication works, he wants his work, his word to be injected into the very core of who we are. The very thing that makes us tick, the very thing that makes us move. You know, in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, he said, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are all the issues of life. In the book of Leviticus, the Bible said that the life of the flesh is in the blood. Just like for us as men, our blood is what carries everything that has to do for life with us. God is saying also that our heart also is like the blood, and it must be filled with the word of God. It must be stored up with God's word. If we are going to be able to receive God's word for all of its benefit and get all the good things that God expects of us to get, then the word of God must be stored in the midst of our hearts. It must be in the center of our being. Everything that we do must, resolve, it must revolve around that word that we have heard from God. Maybe you read, you, you read your, your, your scriptures in the morning. Yes, you use your eyes. You use your ears. You heard the word. You read the word with your eyes. You saw what was going on. But now you must move that word from your eyes and from your ears and you must bring it into your heart. And you can only do this bridge between let them not depart from, um, um, keep them, let them not depart from their eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart by what I call meditation. So when I said let them not depart from your eyes, I spoke about focus. But now, what, what I'm talking about keeping the word of God in the midst of your heart, it has to do with meditation. Meditation is what brings what you have um, looked at, what you have focused on, it now stores it in your heart. It now begins to let that thing govern or dictate the course of your life. Maybe you are bitter against your parents, you are bitter against um, 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 your sibling or against somebody. Then as you read the word of God, as you focus on that word, you realize that that word, it begins to seep into your heart. That word begins to judge the different scenarios of your life. It begins to judge your relationships. It begins to judge your, judge your encounters. Then all of a sudden, maybe... Certain encounters that you had, that maybe you were um, 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 judging them by maybe Sweet Valley High or maybe some series that you watch on Netflix, you begin to realize that you substitute that um, um, judging criteria with the word of God. And you say, oh no, if this thing I did it to anybody, anybody will not be happy. According to God's word, it is not true. I, according to God's word, this thing is not good. So do you know what? I forgive um, um, this girl. I let her go. Can you realize that because the word of God has now moved into the midst of your heart, it becomes the judging criteria for the different areas of your life. And that's where God wants to bring us to. When it comes to the test, the trials, the things in life that we go through, God wants his word to be like the sieve that we sift everything through. God doesn't want us to sift things through Marxism or um, 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 pop culture or um, neocolonialism or any of these things that we think about. God wants his word to be the great seed of our life, in our actions, in our thoughts, in our deeds, everything that we do, it must be seed through the word of God. The word of God must be our filter that we use. And that's where God wants to bring us to. God wants everybody to have his words in the midst of his heart. God wants everybody to keep his words in the midst of his heart. And that's the, 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 the utmost for God. When, that, when, when his words are kept in the midst of our heart, then God knows that he has brought us into the place of experience. Then what the psalmist said in the book of Psalm 34 verse 8, it can begin to make sense. It can begin to make meaning. It can begin to become a reality in our lives. We can also declare with the psalmist that I have tasted and I have seen that the Lord is good. You know, this verse that we've looked at from the book of Proverbs chapter 4, from verse 20 to verse 22, it's more like a healing verse, or it's more like a healing scripture, okay? He said that um, 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 in the verse 22, he said, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Now, the Bible is talking about healing for the body, and he's saying healing from the body, it can come from you paying attention to the word of God, it can come from you inclining your ear to God's word, 
It can come from you not allowing the word of God to depart from your eyes. And it can also come from you keeping them in the midst of your heart. So healing, which may, which may look like something that is on the physical, something that's on the outside. God is saying that by his word, you can get to that place of healing. And it's the same process that we can also use when it comes to receiving God's word. Child of God, I want you to unmute your microphone with me at this point in time. We just want to pray one prayer. We are telling God that, Father, may I always mix your word with faith. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, the Bible said that the same word that was preached unto them was preached unto us. But it did not profit them because they did not mix it with faith. Whatever word it is we are receiving in our day, the Bible said that the word of God or the things that are written in the scriptures, they were written for our learning. You may read about the Israelites and say, oh my, these people were stubborn people. You may read about David and say, oh, David was a promiscuous guy. You may read about um, Noah and say, oh, Noah, why did he like drinking? These things were written for our example of our learning. But if we do not learn, then we will also become an example to other people. And, may, and if we are not careful, it may be a bad example. And so I want to lift up our voice. We are praying, we are telling God that, Father, cause me to always mix your word with faith. Cause me to always mix your word with faith. Child of God, unmute your microphone with me. Just one prayer and then we are done. Grace to mix the word of God with faith. Grace to mix the word of God with faith. Grace to mix the word of God with faith. Grace to mix the word of God with faith. Father, we thank you for tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for the grace of God and the diligence of God. Father, to put to practice what we've heard of God, that we receive the truth of healing of the word. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Please hand over to you, sir. Oh, man of God, God bless you so much. God bless you so much. God, bless. we are really blessed to have you uh, 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 to speak such mighty words of blessing upon us this evening. We really appreciate you, Pa. God will bless you. Um, quickly, Father, I pray for your servant. I pray for, I pray that the head upon his, the oil upon his head will never run dry. I ask for fresh oil daily, fresh mm. oil daily. Mm. Fresh oil, the Father. Fresh oil, we call it that. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Quick, quick announcement. Um, we are trying to. I think by the end of the week, we'll uh, uh, compile the rest of the message and we we'll post it onto our social media page. Okay. So by next week, I think the link will be out. 
for all of you to go and listen to it. Okay, it's quite important. You listen to it, you listen to it again. Okay, tomorrow, tomorrow we are going to have our final session. Please, you can't afford to miss it. Tomorrow is going to be our final session. Please. Those of us who have been missing, you know, those of us who are not concerned, please, tomorrow is our final day. Okay, so make sure you invite your friends. I, I don't like today's number. The last time our number was quite down, please. Tomorrow is our final session. Make sure you talk to your friends about it. Talk to your roommates. Talk to all your friends about it. This one is for is for is is, is to prepare us for uh, the coming year. Okay, so let every let let's make the point to join. Six p.m. sharp will be will be live. Will end at seven. If the time will change, we will surely inform you guys. Okay, so make sure that you get your notebooks, you get your pen ready. Six p.m. sharp will be live. Okay, please, I beg you, make sure you are praying. Invite your friends, invite your friends, okay, so that everything will be fine, okay. Um, then on Saturday, we are going to have the workers, the final part of the workers' uh, uh, session, okay. So all church workers make it a point to be part of it. Don't miss it. I know last week was wonderful. This Saturday is going to be uh, amazing. So you can't make this Saturday. So make a date with us tomorrow, 6 p.m., and Saturday, 6 p.m., sharp. Then we are going to run it up, okay. God bless you guys so much. Please. Make sure you are, don't just be eating, make sure you are praying, okay? Let's pray to the coming semester. Um, let's pray to the coming year, okay? And it will be fine. Father, I pray for this once. I pray that, Father, you bless them. I ask that, Father, you keep them. I ask that, Father, you preserve them. Preserve their families. Preserve them, oh, Lord God. Even as they sleep, preserve them. Father, I pray for encounters. Visit them in their dreams. Let the heavens be opened over their heads in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you shall quicken them, Amen. quicken their prayer life, quicken their worship. Let their Amen. inner man be strengthened in the name of Jesus. Anything, Amen. oh Lord God, that has caused their back, anything, every power of the enemy that has stretched its demon scepter over there today. Let that scepter be broken in the name of Jesus. Let the scepter Amen. of the wicked be broken in the name of Jesus. May you prevail over your enemies in the name of Jesus. May you be victorious wherever you go and everything that you do. In the name of Jesus, we call it that. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you were blessed by this, share it with someone and be an agent of impactful change for the kingdom of God. God bless you.